You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about the Beatles, A Hard Day's Night. In the room, I have Sean, Hi. Adam, hey. and Ben. Hello. A Hard Day's Night is the third studio album from the English rock band, The Beatles, released on July 10th in 1964 on Paraphone Records. It was produced by George Martin. The genre is rock and pop rock. The English album has side one containing songs from the soundtrack to the film and the North American version of the album was released two weeks earlier uh, by United Artists Records with some songs removed and replaced by instrumental versions of the songs. Well, it had both versions, but it has some instrumental versions. It's terrible. Anyway, <clears throat> kicking off with one of the most recognized guitar strums in music history, Hard Day's Night rings in a new stage for the Beatles. As the leaders of the 60s pop rock movement, they wrote 13 original songs for the album and star in the iconic Hard Day's Night movie. The album moves even further away from the homage of the band's influences and shows the band coming into their own as performers and songwriters. The album is full of concise pop melodies with beautiful harmonies, tight arrangements, and colorful, joyful choruses that are impossible to forget. Paul McCartney and John Lennon seems to be in perfect balance as songwriters. Always the trendsetters, the Beatles wanted to avoid mediocre pop music films such as Elvis's previous ventures. A Hard Day's Night was shot as a modern documentary or a cinema verte style in black and white showing the band's energetic performances offset with dry cool wit. The album and film both became instant hits inspiring countless other musical groups. What did we think of A Hard Day's Night? And they had me at the first chord, man. I know. Dude. <laughs> Seriously, just that, that jangly 12-string. And then it goes into one of the harder rock songs that the Beatles have played as of this point. You know, I I like the song Hard Day's Night. Oh. I think it's a I think it's a cool song. Uh I feel like I could talk for a while about this, so I'm just gonna lay <laughs> ease up on the gas for a second. Let someone else get in. Yeah. I think it's great. Uh, I I was Beatles were a formative band for me uh, as like a preteen. I think is when I really got in them because my mom had a bunch of their vinyl records laying around, and so I would just dig through whatever her or my stepmom had. Uh, she she was a big music listener, so I got a bunch of these records. This era was the first uh, one that I responded to as a young listener, which I think makes a lot of sense. And I've, it's, it was interesting to listen to these Beatles records for this project because it occurred to me that I have not put on a Beatles record like at least 20 years. And I Same. listened to the heck out of the Beatles. I had a little songbook uh, when I first got a guitar when I was like 13 that had every Beatles song. Hardcover white? It was, it was white, but it was a soft cover. 
And uh, probably the same one. But I went through and they helped me learn guitar, especially these early songs, which were quite easy. And uh, so they're, they're easy, but they put in like seventh and ninth chords. They put in a, a little bit more, which yeah, I learned guitar the mm-hmm. same way yep. from from the Beatles, and I appreciated yeah. their just a little bit totally like major seven, yeah, et cetera, yeah, yeah, minor seven. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, so I just I think about them a lot when I think about being like a young person getting into music. It's and funny, so it's nice that both of you make that uh, that first stuff you play on guitar reference because I, I wrote down here. Uh, the song "And I Love Her" was the first like single string lead song that I knew how to play on guitar. They're like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> uh, my my mom taught it to me. It was like easy enough that like I'd never played a guitar before. She showed me the chords and showed me like where to fi- play your put your fingers for that just like really simple lead. And that's one of the first things I ever played. And that's my favorite track from this record. Oh yeah, um, I I really like the classical uh, sort of Latin feel. It's it's a it's a little out there. It's a little like worldy for the Beatles. I thought, I there's know. bongos. Yeah, there's bongos, baby. John hates bongos. Oh really? I'm yeah. gonna take this the advantage of he hates John puns not, and bongos. I'm gonna take the advantage of John not being here to talk about bongos for a second. Go on. So the first track, Hard Day's Night. It starts. The first thing you hear is that big jangly twelve string open chord. Yeah, and. And that's cool, and it like grabs your ears, and then it goes into the verse, and the verse in the background, there, there's just like eighth note bongo, it's just like keeping like a cool little like funky rhythm, and that's cool. And then it gets into the first chorus, and now there's like a cowbell on top of it, just like riding along. And then it gets to that solo, and it sounds like a harpsichord, but I think it's a piano playing the low notes and like a guitar echoing it like high, high up on the neck, so it kind of like sounds like a chimey. And I always thought the the sound of that guitar solo slash piano duet, I guess, was just sonically so interesting. It, it always just stuck with me. So like every time that song progresses to a new part, they're adding something mm-hmm. sonically really interesting. At least to to me as a kid and as an adult. Yeah. And like the, when I when I play the song Hard Days Night now, it, it affects me the same way as when I was a kid. Like there's always something happening, and there's always something cool to listen to, and it's just from start to finish, it's like it's, it's just airtight ear candy. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to describe it. I think it's the only non-musician. Like I'm just I'm just a listener, but this is like when you really can figure out what the Lennon McCartney sound is too. I mean, they wrote mm. these songs, and you get a sense of like who the individuals in this band are, as opposed to like a group of four guys with cool haircuts covering a lot of stuff and just you know women screaming, like mm-hmm. girls screaming. This is this sounds like the Beatles. Like this is. This is the Beatles sound to me. You know, you get George's guitar and Ringo's kind of hanging back on this one, but that's okay, really. We don't. It's a lot of vocal layers. Yeah, yeah. They, still, it's definitely a boy band. Yes. I mean, I think like that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, they're the best boy band at this point in their career, but like it is produced like a boy band. Mm-hmm. The vocals are way on top, very present. Um, the harmonies are like constant. Uh, and they sound great. Every part about it sounds great. You know, their time in Germany playing what six, seven shows a a, a week are you know for like years or however long they spent in Hamburg. Uh, that like it shows. I mean, this record, it, like mm-hmm. you said, airtight. Um, but I mean, it definitely has. Uh, it's still that early Beatles where you're where they're they're still playing with the the pop a lot mm-hmm. more. Can't buy me love. 
friend if that makes you feel alright. I'll get you anything, my friend, if it makes you feel alright. Cause I don't care too much for money, but money can buy me love. I'll give you all I've got to give if you say you love me too. I may not have a lot to give, but what I got, I'll give to you. I don't care too much for money, but money can buy me love, can buy me love. Everybody tells me so, can buy me love. I was definitely impressed with how cohesive it is you know the later stuff gets a little bit more lennon is this way and mccartney is this way mm-hmm. and i i did a lot of reading and everyone seems to unanimous like they all agree that this is this is one of the albums that mccartney and lennon were like in sync and you would have a hard time picking out which was a mccartney song which was a lennon song because they had the almost like the same vision for this album and I think it's true. I mean, it comes across that it's way. It's definitely upbeat. It's snappy. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's very, uh, just like melody forward and wh- whoever, whoever's singing. Yeah. Some of the songs that are lyrically, a- as as Rob would describe, beta cuck. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, the, well, Lennon does this thing that, like, I actually like. Because, you know, I, I was an angsty teenager also at some point where, like, he's like, swaggering and strutting but also like injured and, and like vulnerable and like in the same song kind of like like I'll cry instead where like like the verses are talking about like oh yeah like I, I'm gonna come back to town I'm gonna get all the girls but like until then I'm gonna sit in my room and cry because I'm mm-hmm. sad right now but I'll show you someday like I'm gonna be the coolest dude motherfuckers and that's just like such a a Lennon-y thing to me as opposed to like a McCartney thing and there's certain songs on here that, like, I think, yeah, a lot of them, they show, uh, like, a real cohesive songwritingness. But there's a few of the songs in here that just stink of John Lennon, mm. which I think he has a good stink. Mm. <laughs> you like his musk. I like his musk. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. He's a man. Just lets it out. I will say that uh, after listening to James Brown and James Brown Live um, and then listening to this, the that the stark contrast of soul music and the Beatles had has never been more apparent in my mind. I, I was thinking the exact same thing actually. How like earlier, you know, the other record we listened to uh, with the Beatles, it's like there's a lot of like robbery from you know black musicians, and in this one, it's really kind of a, a whiter rock and roll experience. You know, like they they just kind of turn into the Beatles sound, and in doing that, kind of deleted some of the soul out of it, which. Well, I think they were all influenced by that stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think they were trying to, you know, I think that was just the music they were into. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're wearing their influences. Yeah, definitely wearing their influences. And a lot of those songs, you're right, though, like them writing songs, they tried to write songs to be those other songs. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is definitely showing that the more poppy side of, of yeah. them. Like you can't showing hear what the... they can do. You, you used to be able to hear, like, the scream over it in your mind. Yeah. And then this album, you, you really don't, which, you know, it lends itself to being, like, music that goes along with a movie. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's fine. It's good. But but it's just a different feel completely. Well, it's, it's like this. Yeah. I think for me it was just, like, for it happening at the same time, you know, this is, like, jangle pop, essentially. Mm-hmm. 
And the just if you think about the way they're singing, even when they're pushing their vocals and John Lennon's getting that characteristic like gravel that he'll get um, while still singing very cleanly. You know, it's like they're like, oh, oh, I, you know, and versus like, yeah, you know, I mean, like it is just like so different. Just the quality of the performance, like they're pushing, they're still singing hard, but it's, I don't know, it's just like for, for two really important things happening at the same time across an ocean, I, I was stunned by like the um, easy sort of, uh, the relaxed quality of this versus the like aggressive quality of James Brown. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. I, I'm, I think as an adult, I'm more attracted to listening to the James Brown because the performance is what lingers with me. But these are good performances. Like, you know, his voice is breaking up a little bit on a lot of the songs and like they're pushing. It's kind of like the difference between power pop and punk where you hit the same audience. People love this, you know, both feelings, but that's just, there's a difference yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. I would say that 12 string also puts a new spin on, mm-hmm. on this kind of music and probably inspired a lot of people, including the birds and, and, mm. and oh, la- later uh, musicians. The birds said as much, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's on the Beatles anthology. It was the first time I heard David Crosby be like, "Oh yeah, the first time I saw Hard Day's Night, I just went out and bought a Rickenbacker twelve string." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, does anybody want to mention the the movie at all, or talk about if you have seen the movie I loved recently? It as a kid. Or yeah, I loved it as a kid. I haven't. Seen I haven't. It since. Yeah, I haven't seen it since either. But I remember the sunken floor. Like they had this really cool. Oh, that's space. help. Yeah. What's that? You're thinking of Help. Oh shit! Am I th- yeah. Help oh. is the color one that's really kooky. Dude, I this, love I love Help. Yeah, I'll never forget yeah. that floor. I love that floor. Yeah, I don't know what movie it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was this one's floor. this one's more like conversation. <laughs> them just goofing <laughs> and like they're like getting on the subway yeah. and like look yeah look at this. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, like, you're right, like you're right. student film oh. art housey. Like it doesn't have well, that much of a plot. It's kind right, of just like right. It's, it looks like a Godard film. Exactly, and that's when I when I saw again or I recently kind of scanned through it i guess you'd say i didn't watch the whole thing but i had seen it before but yes breathless came out in 1960 i just made the connection thinking about it but it came out before and um it definitely takes takes on that cinema uh, verte yep Mm -hmm. cinema verte it's shot in black and white it's almost documentary and i think some of it was actually you know them performing um there's a little bit yeah yeah Mm -hmm. of the of it so it looks documentary and much different than if you're thinking about Blue Hawaii by Elvis mm, right. or any of those. Yeah. I mean, this they set a new direction for being a cool band. It seems way edgier. Than it's that way stuff, edgier. Yeah. To quote Lennon, uh, it, in, when he was talking about the Elvis films, he, this was not going to be another, quote, fucking shitty pop movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, end quote. <laughs>
Well, and you know, the funny thing is, is that if you were to ask me just like what a hard day's night is, I mean, I've seen it a bunch of times as a kid. I would say it's a bunch of young guys goofing around to the tune of their pop music. And it's like, it's crazy because it's like, in a weird way, I feel like it's set sort of a precedent for like, I'm trying to think of what would be a comparable thing, but like, like, like a Blink-182 music video or something, like something, like some sort of goofy pop. I, I, I recall there being like videos of just like, just a bunch of fun young guys just out on the town goofing and it's and like there's boy bands that use that angle it's like where they're really selling even even if John Lennon thinks that they're not making a shitty Hawaiian you know Elvis movie uh, they are making something else that kind of sucks I mean they're, they're, like, they're making but, but it's in black and white man yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but I, I think that actually kind of set the stage for a lot of what's happening now which, which is like just making content you can't just be a band now yeah. you have to also make movies now you have to like you know yeah. be multimedia artists and I think maybe even going forward when there's a Beatles album that corresponds to the movie we should watch that movie as well just to kind of give yeah, it context continuity. but like yeah it, it, uh, it definitely became a thing where you you can't it's like it's like the fan experience yeah. that they really enhanced by making a, a film as well and I like I, I'm, I'm not dogging I'm just saying that like the idea of the whole thing where it's like, yeah, it's not enough to be a musician and now you have to be like this charming, oh, now it's like, oh, now you have to look at us? Like before, like, we could just put a photo on the cover and it could be like faded and, but listen to music. What does the music sound like? Now it's a bunch of these people who have to be charming and funny and cute and like, it's, it's definitely star. the whole package. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Which is why they blew, all you had to do is aim a camera with a microphone at them yeah, and, yeah. and they were just weaving gold. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those guys just... They didn't need a plot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> Good cover, too. I mean, it's mm -hmm. kind of an iconic I like film that. strip cover. Yeah. It's pre-Andy Warhol, but it has a very Warhol feel to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You notice that like everyone kind of like experiments with some goofy faces except for Ringo. Though. <laughs> At the bottom, it's like he's got to be taken seriously. He's Come the on. serious well, one. It, it's like he's getting his passport photo yeah. five times. Oh. <laughs> you know? Ringo wasn't like, really it's like as poor as dude quick. didn't get the memo. Oh. Like yeah. oh no, dude. Like like make the different faces goof yeah. off. It's gonna show like the the many sides of Ringo. Right. But also like Ringo's <laughs> face was kind of funny anyway. Oh. So, uh, Birch, you mentioned earlier about the uh, American yes, version well, of this. Yes, let's talk about that briefly. So, I, I, listening to this as an adult as opposed to as a kid, because I didn't listen to it in between. Uh, <laughs> I, I've listened to it this past week, and before that I listened to it when I was 12. Uh, Shared experience. <laughs> I, I think, I like, I like this record. The tracks that I really like on it, or at the back end of the record. I think the record's real bottom heavy. I think it's got a lot of uh, sleeper, like sleeper sluggers uh, in the back end of this record. And that's where the label gutted it. Like they took out, what, did they take out any time at all? Yeah. yeah they took out any time yeah. at all. The things we said today, when I get home, you can't do that and I'll be back, which are probably like five of my favorite six songs on the album. And then just like replace it with the instrument. Like what, what are they trying to do here? I have no idea. I have no clue who thought it was a better idea. I, I understand the idea of cutting out stuff that might be like less like poppy, but then who the fuck cares about putting an instrumental on? Now you just made a weaker record. Dude, anytime at all is always has been my favorite track on this record. It's so cool. It's driving. It's rock and roll. It's the kind of song that made twelve year old me want to want to ask for an acoustic guitar for Christmas. 
uh, it's got that cool big like it, it it's got that thing where the song ends and they they do a big hit and let the chord ring out and then when you turn it up it like shakes the speakers. It's like it was like one of my first rock and roll experiences, and it's and it didn't make the cut. Like fuck you, Parle the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Parlophone's the label. Yeah. Well, it was United Artists. Oh. It was the. Mm. All right. They had the the tracks. I just don't know. Oh yeah, Parlophone was the UK release. Well, yeah. Yeah. I apologize, Parlophone. <laughs> <laughs> your your version of the record was just fine. <laughs> we good. <laughs> um, I don't know. Again, this is maybe they thought. It, it went along with the movie because uh, some they do have some instrumental stuff in the movie, or it's not they wanted a soundtrack. to soundtrack. But it's an album that has a feature length music video. It's true, yeah. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> Can never tell with those guys. Well, great record though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think this is um, maybe even more than the the earlier with the Beatles. I mean, love the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but this is definitely them. This, right. seems this more is their this is their style. Yes. If it's, you're going to say Lennon McCartney, as Sean said, yeah. Yeah. And classic songs. I don't know if there's even a dud on this um or a it's I would say uh, track. Dud. I'm just happy to dance with you. Hmm. Kind of hmm. like that though. I mean, it, it's fine, but it's it's the it, if I had to pick some dead weight. It, it's it's poppy. That, it's sugary. Is it Harrison? That's the Harrison one, right? It might be the Harrison. No oh, way. Well, no, Harrison. Harrison. Harrison he blossomed. <laughs> yeah. He, oh yeah. Oh, he absolutely. Yeah. Harrison I, I, is hands down my favorite. That Beatles. is the song yeah. I listened to, and oh, I thought, like, this is a song that you write not for your girlfriend, but for her dad. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he even say like in the first song, like, I don't want to kiss you. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. No. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Quit talking to her dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we all agree. Goes it's by the, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, book. by the way. Yeah. What, what is? <laughs> they I'm happy just to dance. Oh, with but it. he sings it. That's what I meant. He does sing oh, okay. it. Harrison yeah. is the. They just passed it over to yeah. him. They yeah. give him the stinker. <laughs> See how you manage it, George. Uh, you sing to her dad. <laughs> young and young George. blood. <laughs> George just gets to dance with the girls while John and Paul. <laughs> yeah. Lord knows. <laughs> I mean, doesn't John like have a kid? <laughs> yes. Uh, does he care? No. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Unfortunately. Oh, John. <laughs> Aww. All right. On that note, uh, next <laughs> next episode we'll be talking about uh, Jacques Brel's Olympia '64. If I give my heart to you, I must be sure from the very start that you would love me more than her. If I trust in you, oh please don't run. Cause I couldn't stand the